0: The Carolina Outdoors is alive and well, and we're glad that you're joining in as we come in each week to break down four different segments for your listening pleasure. Along the way, we hope that you'll get outdoors or seek out your own personal adventure because that's what it's all about. Your host here each week uh, from Jesse Brown's Outdoors encouraging you to get out are Wes Lawson over here
1: and bill Barty over here you know bill one of the great ways to get outside sometimes means to get inside and watch some films about getting outside that's kind of a whodunit but this is a great time of year for us not just because the spring weather and delayed harvest and all that kind of stuff but for us it's the Fly Fishing Film Tour season.
0: And it all goes kind of together because mm-hmm. with the spring break upon us, even if you are 90 years old and think spring breaks are behind you, we say no. They are prime time for you. And Fly Fishing and the Fly Fishing Film Tour, the F3T 2022 version, that is indoors. Is at the Visualite mm-hmm. this year. Uh, and we are glad to be back. We had it in the in the fall in October, but this is a big spring kickoff where it does help people get in the mood not just for fishing or fly fishing and not just for fishing or fly fishing in the Carolinas. There's a bit of inspiration and aspiration that goes along with that for those of us who may dream about going to faraway places.
1: It, it just gets you excited, Bill. Even if you don't like fly fishing or you've never been or you don't know where these places are, watching these films in the presence of several hundred other like-minded individuals in a place like the Visual Light just gets those creative juices going, makes you want to get out and do that, and it, does, it just makes you feel good. I mean, we need that after two years of being questionable at best about things but this is it the fly fishing film tour is here
0: so let's find out how this thing happens this is uh the largest annual showcase of fly fishing films around the country and then some in fact it's six countries they have over 160 plus events with 85,000 plus again attendees Mm. one of the people that helps make it happen and we've had him on I don't know, for over a dozen years, this has been in effect for 16, Chris Keg, who's going to join us now on the Carolina Outdoors. Chris, welcome. Well, thanks for
2: having me, guys. I'm excited to uh, do the Carolina Outdoors podcast once again.
0: Well, listen, it would not be the same without you on here talking about the F3T. But, Chris, will you go through how this happens, especially with film submission, and then film choice
2: yeah so basically you know we are a submission-based film tour so um we've done that intentionally because you know everybody has their own kind of opinion of what fly fishing is to them and we also have to appeal to a very wide range of audience so we do that intentionally. Um, it gives us obviously the uh, ability to make a varied program, but it also gives up-and-coming filmmakers a chance to get recognized. You know, um, fly fishing content in general isn't you know seen too much on the uh, general stations, um, and you know that's why it's such a great event. Is we get to highlight. New filmmakers, new locations, new species, um, and really, you know, we go through all the submissions, and, you know, it is the best of the best, so, you know, we don't take everybody, obviously, um, but it, we're always surprised and excited by the new filmmakers that just show up, you know, who are doing it for passion, right? Um, let's be realistic. It's not, you know, fly fishing films are not the biggest money maker in the world, so, it's fantastic for us because people are making their films with passion, which obviously throw, you know goes through the screen itself, and it gets the audience excited who has the same passion.
0: Now, we're sensitive to this, and, and I'm, I'll see if you'll speak on it, because you're exactly right. Uh, general stations don't look at fly fishing necessarily as mainstream. It would be considered a niche sport. But for our listeners out there, and Chris, I'll see what you and Wes say about this. If you look at commercials that are going through uh, um, different programs, when an angler is oftentimes represented, they are oftentimes fly anglers. The Mm. ones who are wearing the fishing vest and the the waders and they'll do a close-up of the rod and reel or the, the angler who is out there casting. So there's an underlayer of fly fishing that always exists, it seems like, in commercial uh, presentation. And with that, Chris, I wanted to ask you about the filmmakers because are many of them also uh, doing films and video shoots for commercials? Um, There are a couple of
2: guys who, you know, the filmmakers are made up generally of kind of basically two types of people, right? The, The first type is the filmmaker that just loves fly fishing and wants to show, you know, the audience kind of what they do and how they do it and, you know, the beautiful places they go and the cool places they end up. Um, But there's another side of it where there's, you know, um, actual commercial filmmakers who have the same passion, um, but, you know, they make a living doing commercial shoots. Um, and, And I think... You know the interesting part about fly fishing is you know the places it takes you and everything else. Um, it's beautiful spots, and there's there's kind of a there's definitely a, an allure to it. You know, which is a, a benefit and a detriment, to be honest, because you know it's kind of been played off as this. You know, you go to these places and you need all the stuff and you need all these things, and it's a showing of wealth and experience and all this other stuff, where the reality is, you know, just getting on the river and fly fishing isn't much more difficult than anything else. You know, it's just a perception that's been made. Mm -hmm. So that's why these films and filmmakers really become important because, you know, a lot of the trend right now is, especially with COVID and travel restrictions and, you know, everything that we had to go through, you know, the new shift in, in filmmaking is really a little more do-it-yourself. You know, people are getting away from the $20,000 guided trips because, you know, we're catering to a younger audience who doesn't have that type of money. Um, And so that's what's nice about the films themselves. It's like where you look at a commercial, they're kind of hyping up opulence and beauty and all this other stuff for uh, various products or things. Where the filmmakers are just trying to show the enjoyment and fun of the sport itself. And it's really about what you make of it.
1: Well, I think it's worth uh, reminding some folks that, you know, fly fishing, like fishing in general, you know, conventional fishing, we have all kinds of different price points. And some of these films, I, I recall one maybe two years ago, a buddy trip in Alaska. Um, you know, we sell outdoor equipment. We're kind of gear guys, so I'm always paying attention to that to see what latest and greatest sort of thing. But this buddy trip, They were using some of the more value-priced options that are, you know, durable, they're good, but they're not going to fail you. Uh, They put together an incredible trip on a shoestring budget by anybody's Mm -hmm. standards. Um, So I think it is worth kind of reminding everybody of that. But, you know, for us, you know, here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, um, you know, we're not directly in kind of traditional fly fishing. It's a couple hours to the mountains. It's a couple hours to the coast. Um, Fly fishing for us isn't just about trout. And that's one of the nice things about the fly fishing film tour is it's not just about trout. We're seeing pike. We're seeing, you know, GTs and redfish and tarpon and bonefish and permit, you know, all these great species and all these really remarkable locations. What is it about the film, or the selection process to help you highlight these different species and different regions? How do you do that?
2: Well, again, we're a submission-based, you know, film tour, so there is a certain set of limitations involved, right? We can only put in what we get, Um, but, you know, when you're going through the selection process, you have to keep a couple things in mind. Um, The first thing is, obviously, you're talking to a diverse audience, you know, Mm -hmm. that's from the Rocky Mountains to the Carolinas to the West Coast, right? And so now you're talking, you know, there's still an allure to the fly fishing species, right? So if you look at permit, tarpon, trout, steelhead, you know, there's still something there. So for me on the selection process, you know, we have to have, Steelhead, because there's a large steelhead population, sure. and that's all they do, right? Um, but with the selection process, we try, try to make that diverse. Um, and it, it's diverse in the fa- sense of species themselves. And, and I get excited, and, you know, it's just a personal thing, and since I'm making the selections, I bring my own personal ideas to them. You know, it's, it's about... <laughs> people getting out and doing stuff, right? It's about getting out into the outdoors um and you don't need to spend a lot of money and you don't need to, you know, hire a private jet like that stuff is over now. Um and it's, you know, it's just getting in your local waters, right? Like I'm in Vail right now and we just got a foot of snow, right? I'm not trout fishing, but I'll go down to the bass ponds on the front range and have a grand time, you know, and I think that's a lot of the selection process for me becomes, you know, variety, but it's also, there's a pacing aspect to it. There's an art to creating two hours of relevant films that appeal to the audience, but you also have to get the exciting ones, right? Mm -hmm.
0: The
2: big fish ones. And then you also have to have kind of documentary ones, right? Where it's talking about, you know, salmon runs and, things of that nature that may be declining and things, you know, we have to educate, but we also have to entertain. Um, So it's really a fine line between the two. Um, And, and, you know, I've been doing this for 13 years now, but, uh, you know, there's an artistry to it because you have to have times where the audience can relax and just enjoy and then you also have to have times where the audience is sitting and gripped to the actual narration and really kind of connecting with the certain issue that's being highlighted on the film. So that's kind of the selection process for me. It's it's obviously varied species. Uh, very you know DIY stuff is always good because we have a younger audience. Um, but you know we don't we don't play the gear game because I don't personally find it. Beneficial to the sport, first of all, but I also don't find it, you know, it's that's not the regular person, you know, the regular person can get a very good rod for a reasonable price, you know. And if you look at it, it's like, well, we're kind of going against gear fishermen and stuff of that nature, not going against, but you know, so you have to have these affordable things, and that's where a lot of this DIY stuff comes in. You know, we have a film this year, which is called Dan's Pain, which is a, I believe he's a local Carolina guy. Um, and it's just, it's him going down to, uh, I believe it's um, Columbia. Um, but it's him and his buddies, and they're construction workers. They're not flying private. They're not doing anything. And they just put the effort in to create these trips. Um, and that's what it's all about. It's it's finding your passion and putting the effort in to explore and it's really about exploring and that's where i like a lot of this kind of local stuff now that we're getting because of covid is is just kind of giving the um regular person like listen you don't need to fly to the seychelles you can walk down to your local bass pond and have a fantastic time pike pond any of this stuff um and that's where it's important for me and so long-winded answer on a short question but you know there's a lot of things that do go into it um but it's kind of second nature at this point
0: well okay. now, i want to talk a little bit about that and if you're just joining us here on the carolina outdoors we've got chris Keg on the program we're talking spring break we're talking f3t we're talking fly film tour it's march 23rd of the 160 plus events in six countries one of them is coming to charlotte north carolina We're going to have live music kicking off at 5.30 at the Visualite. That's off Elizabeth Avenue here in Charlotte. We're also going to have a local artist on hand who is going to do live in-person painting. And that painting is going to be raffled off at intermission. And proceeds are going to go to the Rocky River Trout Unlimited chapter. All of that, plus a lot of independent fly-fishing films. So if you're interested in fishing, fly-fishing, independent uh, film, or travel, this is the night for you, March 23rd. It's a Wednesday night. Come on out. But, Chris, this is not your first rodeo. In fact, you cut your teeth um, as uh, a Warren Miller Entertainment employee talk to us a little bit and so many of us may know that from the ski films uh that follow a bit of the same recipe as these fly fishing films to to a degree um and a lot of business has changed for you tell us about the acquisition i guess two years ago um of taking the f3t into a more corporate setting so yeah as,
2: as i you know, as was mentioned from Bill, um, I started Warren Miller, which kind of got me into really the uh, excitement of the outdoors. And, you know, we are a little more obviously stream and stuff of that nature, but I've always been a fly fisherman. So we started the fly fishing film tour um, in about 2007, I believe, um, and we ran it for 12 years. And uh, recently it was acquired by Outside. Uh, which is uh, outside magazine, outside um, TV, and it's a whole bunch of different companies. So, you know, there is this kind of thought of corporate, but it's really not. So the passion for the outdoors, whether it be climbing, fly fishing, skiing, is still there. So the acquisition was fantastic for the, the fly fishing film tour, um, really because of timing, you know, without the backing of outside, you know, it would have been tough to keep going during COVID. And we were lucky in the fact that, you know, they took it over and they were able to, you know, shuck and jive to virtual showings and and really stay connected to the audience, which would have been hard for us as a small company, you know, we're we did it for a passion. You know, we didn't we never did it for the money. And it was always, you know, we didn't have that type of backing. So we were lucky in the fact and the audience is lucky that Outside magazine came along and purchased a film tour um, because they really did a good job and they're full of passionate folks, you know, the the same people who are running the fly fishing film tour run Warren Miller, but they're fly fishermen. So the passion is still there. It gives the filmmakers um another avenue as well with outside tv and you know all the different entities that they are a part of so it really did kind of give the fly fishing film tour a growth platform that we would have never been able to provide um so it's been really great and the guys over there are fantastic they're still good friends of mine from our warren miller days and they're keeping the the passion and the film tour going at the same passion that we had when we were running it but just with more assets to use and more avenues for the filmmakers to get the films out there because as we had mentioned earlier you know there's not a lot of platforms that show fly fishing you know um and now they have another platform with outside tv so i'm extremely excited about it you know um the whole, you know, corporation stuff and going corporate, that really doesn't count because all these guys who run the film tour and do climbing magazine and all these other entities are passionate about the sport they work in and they are active members in the sport and also in conservation. And, you know, with the acquisition it also gives us a bigger platform to really show off some of these conservation messages we're trying to get out there. You know, we all have issues with our local rivers, you know, the Colorado this year, which is my local river, you know, was running 300 and it should have been 300 CFS and it should have been running 5 to 7000, right? So we we all have issues at that- we want to highlight on our local rivers and oceans and things of that nature and with the acquisition it really means um obviously the bigger platform means that we can get these conservation messages out to more people who are not necessarily just fly fishermen right they're hikers and backpackers and all these People who utilize the outdoors, not just for fishing, are now seeing what the fishermen see and are starting to get concerned and starting to create a louder voice, which has been fantastic.
0: Well, we have about 10 to 12 different 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 films films that are going to be shown on March 23rd as the Fly Fishing Film Tour, the F3T, comes to our area, Charlotte, North Carolina, at the Visualite. We have tickets on hand at Jesse Browns. You can also get them at Fly Film Tour, and Chris Keg. we appreciate you taking your time to come on to talk to Wes Lawson and Bill Bartee on the Carolina Outdoors.
2: Well, I appreciate your time, and, um, you know, I just want to kind of leave with, uh, you know, the films this year, this year, is they're a little bit different because of COVID. Um, they're a little more lo- local focused. They're a little more DIY focused because of, you know, the situation we're all in. Um, but the passion is still there, and it's probably one of the most varied um, lineup that I've ever seen, and it incorporates so much fun stuff, you know. From the Carolina guys to, you know, the West Coast Steelhead Fishermen to, you know, obviously the and Tarpon guys are in there as well. Um, it's just a great variation of films, and it's such a great thing to have theaters back open and getting in front of a live audience again. And, the, you know, from what we've seen so far, the passion is still there and the fun is still there and, you know, people want to get out. So it's going to be a great time at the visual life for sure.
0: Well, thank you for being on here, and we wish you would come see it, but if not this year, another. Chris Keg, thanks for being on the Carolina Outdoors. We're going to take a quick break, come back and wrap this thing up right after this.